had just turned 21 and frequented the bars regularly. In hindsight, I probably spent too much time drinking with my friends. I did have a car or a cell phone, and I lived on the outskirts of town. It was a 45 minute walk downtown. The town I live in is generally a very safe place. It is wealthy, well-to-do, white bread community. So walking home alone at night after drinking was nothing that bothered me, other than the actual walking. It was a Tuesday night, and that meant pints were cheap. So, I wouldn't say I was completely wasted, but I certainly was more than tipsy. Instead of walking home along the sidewalk where I feared I'd be picked up by the police for being drunk in public, I decided to take the bike path that ran along the train tracks. This meant the walk would take much longer, but much safer and less likely I'd run into any sort of trouble, or so I thought. The bike path was not very well lit, and knowing what I know, now I should have been a lot more nervous about walking alone in the complete darkness at 2 in the morning. Like I said, I had just turned 21, and was certainly an arrogant young male who was thinking about women and not minding my surroundings. I had taken this path many nights, and coming across anyone else was rare. If I did perchance come across somebody this late at night, most of the time it was just another drunk college student who had the same thought as me. Either that or they were homeless. But if so, I'd say they were all harmless. So this night as I'm walking, I noticed further down the path was somebody walking towards me. He wore a large hiking backpack and had his hood put over his head. It was so dark I couldn't see their face. I could really only just barely make out their outline. This person's gait unquestionably revealed him to be a male, who I figured was probably just transient. It was odd to see somebody walking towards downtown at 2 in the morning. When I got really close to him, we were about to cross paths. This person just stopped dead in his tracks, and I could tell he was staring at me because his head just followed me as I walked by. It creeped me out a bit and I certainly felt like it was just a bit odd. As I continued walking, shrugging at the situation, I just didn't feel right. Something in my gut made me feel wrong. I stopped, turned around to see this person still staring at me. What? I asked him, as I stopped walking and remained to stare back at him. That's when he hissed at me, like a snake. A long, vicious-sounding hiss that made the hair on my back of my neck stand up. I had hoped he was just being weird, or perhaps was on meth or something. I nervously laughed a bit and said, Um, okay, and continued to walk on. I made it a few more steps and turned to look back. He had somehow managed to get closer to me without making a sound. He stood completely still. I figured perhaps I was just drunk and imagining things. I turned back around and walked. Taking a few more steps, I turned around once more. Now, I knew he was closer. I couldn't believe I couldn't hear him approaching behind me. What unsettled me even more was how every time I turned around, he managed to stop and stand completely still. Uh, are you following me, buddy? Once again, he let out his creepy hiss, just staring at me. Now, I was freaking out, and had this strange sensation that I was some sort of prey. Hey, fuck you, man. I now yelled. In hindsight, this was a bad idea, because I already felt like I was some sort of target. 
and the last thing I should have been wanting was to provoke this sick, twisted bastard. I started backing away at this point, not taking my eyes off him. He just stood there hissing. The hisses were getting louder and louder, and more malice was apparent in him. As he stared to hiss louder and louder, he began to engage in some sort of pursuit. At first they were basic steps, but the further I backed away, the more he sped up, taking bigger steps towards me. I said, forget this to myself, I'm getting out of here. I noped it out of there and began to go into a full-fledged run. He started running after me. I could hear his heavy boots gaining on me, hissing like a cat, growling like a dog. I feel his spit hitting me in the back of my neck. Get away from me! I yelled. I might have peed myself. I was so scared. All I could think was to run as fast as I could to get inside my house as quickly as possible. I've always been a very fast runner, but this guy was much taller than me, and his legs were really long. So he was really cutting down the distance between him and me. I managed to keep a good fight between us, though, checking back behind me as I saw his arms reaching out in an attempt to grab me. I finally made it out of the bike path and onto the crossing sidewalk to the street that was lit up by street lamps and a few passing cars. I was so relieved to finally make it back to civilization. There was a gas station over by my house and I thought I'd run to it for safety and get inside to see that the lights had been shut off and the doors were closed. It was closed. I had to make it to my house. As I got closer to my house, I could see my roommate's lights were on through the window. Chris! I shouted. Chris opened the door. Open the door! I'm impressed I yelled loud enough that he actually heard me. I saw the front door open to my house and my roommate standing at the doorway looking confused. I ran up the steps and almost jumped inside my house, slamming the door shut behind me. Dude, what are you running from? He asked. He, you didn't see that guy chasing me? No. I ran to the window and looked outside. He was gone. I have no idea what happened to him, but I'm sure that what had happened really happened. Whoever the guy was who hissed at me, he really shook me up and I never walked down that bike path after dark anymore. This happened when I was 19. I went to get drinks with a female friend after classes, and we ended up staying at a bar close to our university until around 10pm. Getting pretty drunk, I live in Moscow, and the university where I study is located pretty far away from my house. It takes me 1.5 hours by public transport to reach it. My friend and I lived in a dormitory which was much closer, just a 30 minute metro ride away from uni. So we decided I would stay with her until her station. And then I'd switch lines to go up north where I live. By that time there weren't that many people inside the train car, just a few passengers here and there, and a couple of older men sitting directly in front of us. We were both visibly drunk. It was a fun evening, so we joked around and laughed a lot. Then my friend got off and I said goodbye to her. And since alcohol usually makes me sleepy, I dozed off immediately after she left. The whole time, one of the men seated in front of us would suddenly glance at us from time to time. I assumed he was judging us because we were obviously drunk. 
but ultimately paid it no mind. I ended up accidentally missing the station where I needed to switch lines, which meant I had to take the train in the opposite direction. As I got up and walked to the door to the train car, there was nothing suspicious. But then I noticed the older, looked like he was in his mid-fifties, man who was staring at me during the whole train ride, also get out of the train a couple seconds after me. Again, I wasn't particularly alarmed at the moment. I tend to keep track of my immediate surroundings slash male strangers around me, after some unfortunate instances in my teenage years. But I also try not to jump to conclusions too quickly, out of fear that of just me being paranoid. The weird part started when the same dude not only followed me out of the train car, but also got on the train going in the opposite direction. He wasn't following me closely. He would stay several meters away from me and act like he wasn't looking at me. But as soon as I stepped foot on the train, he rushed to the next train car. And once there, slowly moved to stand next to the window from where he could see my car. I probably wouldn't have even noticed him if I didn't see him staring at us earlier and decided to keep an eye on him. By then, I was properly alarmed. If he simply got off at the same station as me by coincidence, why would he need to get back in the same direction? And why would he linger back to make sure I got on the train before entering it himself? I was also nearly sober and extremely anxious by that time. Still though, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, so I ended up skipping the transfer station I actually needed on purpose and getting off at the one right after that. Again, he exited at the same station and lingered back. I transferred lines. This new station was a transfer to just another line. If you look at the map of the Moscow Metro, you'll know that there are quite a lot of them next to each other in the city center. And sure enough, he followed me onto the station at the new line. Now I was just wondering what to do. I considered looking for Metro employees and informing them of the issue but I couldn't see any of them. They are also sometimes present at stations, but that was not this case at the time. I knew I could probably find an employee overlooking the escalators, but I didn't want to bother them, and you're actually not supposed to talk to them. I also considered walking up to some random strangers and asking them for help, or pressing the SOS button on the machines installed in each metro station if the situation got worse but couldn't muster up the courage to do it yet. It was weird. I had a creep following me, and by that point I was painfully aware that he was doing it on purpose. Yet the situation didn't seem dire enough to involve outside help. Still, it was almost 11pm. The metro stations kept getting emptier, and I needed to get home somehow, so I felt myself slowly starting to panic. I didn't feel comfortable staying at one station with him following me for a long time, so I got into the next train again. The intervals are two to five minutes. And sure enough, he got into the next train car and came up to the window again. I got off at the next station and he exited again after me. By that time, I was sober, increasingly angry and looking at any Metro employees, but still there weren't any. I decided to try and shake him by hiding behind the columns next to the train and getting inside at the last possible moment. And just as I stepped behind the column, I saw him walk into the center of the station. Before that, he would linger next to the columns by the other side of the platform and look around. What I did next might not have been the smartest move, but I was suddenly very angry at the whole situation. 
people were still present at the station, and it was clear that the guy was trying to not get noticed. So I purposely walked right up to him, looked him dead in the eye, and with all the hatred I felt at the moment, he looked taken back at first, and then tried to act like he was just some random passerby, turned around, walked a bit away from me. I stood there awkwardly, while I kept staring right at him. It went on like that until the train arrived, and just like I planned, I got on at the very last second to make sure he wouldn't run after me, and that was thankfully the end of it. I was shaking the whole train ride home, and switched lines and stations like three more times to make sure that he still wasn't following me, but thankfully, he seemed to have given up. not sure if this story goes in this subreddit since it's my first time posting something like this. First we need context. My old house was pretty pumped up on security. We had finger ID, passcodes on doors, cameras everywhere, an automatic security system that could call the police or play fake. The cops have been called blah blah blah. This story happened a few years back. My dad noticed a weird looking man pretty covered up lurking on the streets just outside of our house. We thought nothing of it since sometimes you get an occasional drunk or high person wandering around. But this man started to inch closer to our house. First, being on the opposite side of our street. Then before we knew it, being basically on our property, we just sort of watched him to see what he would do. I'm pretty sure we got bored and walked away and just forgot. Then we started to hear strange noises coming from downstairs, where our front door was. We decided to switch the cameras, and sure enough, this guy was banging on our door, trying to get in. Then he looked through our windows. He gave up and then started to go around to the side. There was a set of stairs that led to the upper area where we were. He starts to head up the stairs, which sent my dad to go outside of the house, where he was with a knife, and scream at him. The guy runs and we don't see him again. That's the end, right? Wrong. This guy comes back again. I guess he saw that the car was gone from the driveway. My dad had gone to go get something and leaving me and my mom. And looks around. We did not want to confront the guy, so I had the idea of playing the fake cop alert. That could be heard outside. So we played it. And as soon as this guy heard it, he ran away. Never saw him again and never wanted to. What makes the story creepier is that on the news later, it showed a guy who looked around houses and killed people, had been arrested. It was the same man who was at our house. I joined my school's camp trip to Malaysia when I was 14. I no longer remember words, but it was pretty close to Penang. I love camping, and this trip was pretty unique. The campsite was aimed to provide authentic experiences in Malaysia. I know it's touristy sounding, but it gave an interesting premise. Instead of camping on land near the beach, the campsite was on stilts about 500 to 800 meters away from the shoreline. It recreated those floating villages around Southeast Asia. There was a small hall, showers and bunk beds over the ocean blue. The toilets were just outhouses that emptied into the salty brine below. You could even see your business float away. Incredibly gross, but memorable. 
100 teenage girls were going to sleep there for a week to experience village life, like climbing coconut trees and fly traditional Malay kites. Wow, Bulan. Midway through the stay, my camp leader had allowed my group to use our sleeping bags to sleep on a wooden square. We were lulled to sleep by a slow, gentle wave. The wooden boards floated over the high tides, wrapping and sinking with our collective weight. A night full of stars and a sea breeze was cool and fresh. A few girls woke up to use the toilet. We had to go in groups of three whenever we went. I rolled in my sleeping bag and watched the shoreline. I saw something floating on the waves. It was triangular and shrouded in black. I was too groggy to care, so I went along with the girls to use the outhouse. In the outhouse, something felt off. I felt watched in that cramped space. It didn't make sense. I looked down to the ocean below and stood still. The dim light of the outhouse shined to something floating below me. A line was attached and a shadowy figure. The end of the rope was attached to a metal object struck to the floorboards at the end of the hole. I nearly tripped on it while I walked in and thought it was a nail. The figure held onto the rope and was yanking it gently against the push of the waves. I realized the figure was floating on the triangular thing I saw earlier. My mind clicked with an eerie thought. It was a person. A real, breathing person. On a man-made raft. Holding onto a rope with a hook. And I was blocking his way in. The shadowy figure looked at me from down below. The whites of his eyes looking into mine. I couldn't scream. I felt a rush of blood in my ears. The man smiled up at me as if he wanted me to complete the show. I backed out of the outhouse and walked back to my group. The two girls with me didn't notice my shivering. My camp leader picked up on my shaking hands and asked me to step aside. I told them what I saw. The camp leader nodded silently, like a big brother. He stern told my group to enter our bunkers quickly and silently. My group never caught on to what happened. They noticed my pale face but I brushed it off as the seasickness. Sleeping on the top bunk, I saw torchlights running around the perimeter of the campsite. The official story to the increased activity that night was one of the outhouse floorboards broke, and the camp leaders were trying to assess the damage. We completed the camp and went home. On the bus back home, my mind raced about that night. How long was the man watching us? My group was on the main platform for a good hour and a half. He could have been scouting the area to climb to the campsite. If he was waiting to climb through the outhouse, waiting for his moment, did he watch girls use it too? You can clearly see the ocean below. He would have a clear view too. It still chills me to think about it. This is my first ever Reddit post, which I'm writing on my phone, so I'm not sure about the formatting. I'm posting here because I saw a video on this Reddit thread, and just wanted to share my experience of who I never want to meet again. This might be rather boring. It's definitely not the high stakes kind of thriller stories I've been reading on here, but it did creep me out when I was young. Also, it might be long because I'm usually quite detailed. I got my first job at 15, working in the local convenience store for under-the-table paychecks until I turned 16 and they could legally hire me. 
They needed staff they could underpay, and I needed money to support my family. Plus, the store was literally 10 minutes from my house, so I could go home for lunch or go jogging in the field next to the store. I'm a very friendly person and love to make conversation, because it's helped the day go by faster. One morning, a guy, maybe like late 20s, early 30s, came into the store to receive a click-and-collect package, and the system was being really slow. So I asked him about his previous evening. It had been Guy Fawkes' night, so it was my topic of conversation with everyone that day. He didn't appear to want to talk much, and so I overcompensated with my own talking, so there wasn't any awkward silence while the parcels were scanning, and I told him about how my dog hates fireworks, so I'd stay inside with him. He asked me when the store closes, which so many people at my store do that I didn't feel this information was weird. I told him that the store closes at 3pm, because it's a Sunday. He left with his parcels, and I literally didn't think of him at all. I took my break at 12pm, and went on my usual laps around the field after getting rid of my work uniform, and it was fairly cold so nobody else was on the field. I'm on the opposite side and I look to my left because I'm dramatically singing along to Hamilton in my headphones and there's some guy sitting alone on a children's swing set in the park because it's pretty cold and I'm embarrassed by feeling watched. I finish my jog there and finish my break inside the stock room drinking tea. Again, this didn't faze me because there was always weirdos hanging around my area and many of them I know because of how close the community is. I finished my shift at 4pm. After cleaning and restocking for the day, I was let out through the back exit car park that was shared with a dilapidated pub. Funny enough, one that I have many childhood memories in before it closed down, due to my parents and I living on this council estate my whole life. Some guy was sitting on the wall there with his coat and hood pulled up. This was slightly strange because nobody around the area was open and I hadn't been for at least an hour, especially not the pub, but I was 15, and I'd taken the same walk down the main road every single shift without issue. I put my headphones in with a slight pitch of anxiety, because as soon as I move past the guy, I see him jump up from the wall from the corner of my eye. I don't put the music on, I just listen to his footsteps follow me, until he's next to me gesturing for me to remove my headphones, as you probably guessed, it's the same guy from the morning shift. I'm really confused at this point because it's the first time I've ever seen him in my local store. We have a lot of regulars, and I would have known most of them by address because we saved everyone's newspaper. But I've never seen him before, only to encounter him twice in one day. I removed my headphones and asked what he wanted. He asked for the time and... I assume because of the council estate I live on, that he was perhaps going to mug me. It's happened before, so I told him it's around 4pm, without taking my phone out. He then proceeds to pretend he's only just recognized me from the store, and tells me that he thought I finished at 3pm. I'd watched enough true crime to be guessing he was waiting for me to finish my shift for an hour. I was having a mild panic by this point because it was a lazy cold Sunday, so nobody was around, and I wasn't yet on the main road. 
So I continued to talk with him while he questioned me about how long I've worked at the store. I know it's stupid to engage, but he was keeping my pace right next to me, and the main road was only down the street, where I thought our paths would diverge. He asked if I worked there all the time, and in an effort to dissuade him from trying to hit on me, I told him I was still studying, although would not tell him at what institution. Me being a minor didn't seem to deter him even. Mind you, at that age I am now being 20. I only just look like I'm about 15. Like I said, he was undeterred and tried asking for my number, in which I told him I don't have a phone. An obvious lie because I had my headphones plugged into my phone. I was tightly gripping in my pocket. He brought this up and I told him, I mean, that it is a shared phone and I don't have my own. Despite this being an obvious lie, he continued. I was on the main road now, but he had stopped talking. And my quickest way home, the path I usually took, was through a dark wooded area, and then a shabby parking lot. I decided to go the longer way to keep on the public road, so he wouldn't know where my house was located. He asked me for my Facebook, and I desperately wanted to get away from him at this point. So I thought if I give him my Facebook, and then change the name as soon as I had the chance, he wouldn't be able to find me. I don't know why. I didn't just give him a fake name. I was young and stupid, and honestly I was scared. That no cars had passed by yet, and he was still telling me. After this, I asked him which way he lived, and he told me only a short while up ahead. Then asking me if I was interested in coming along with him. I said I'd live in the other direction, and I would say goodbye now, that we could speak later. Again, I know I'm an idiot, but I thought if he thought I was interested in speaking to him, he would leave me alone. And because of my experience talking to people in my job, this luckily came off as very casual and truthful. It worked, and I crossed the road, and as soon as I was out of sight, I led it back down the road, down the side of the road, and got home. When home, I went to change my name, but found he'd already messaged me. Although I had not told him my middle name, that was a part of my Facebook, which he brought up to me in the first message. I messaged him back explaining that I had no interest in him, and instantly blocked his account. I felt so stupid for even letting him have my real name, that I couldn't bring myself to tell my parents. Instead, I would ask my brother to meet me at the store at the end of my shifts. It was only on Sundays I finished an hour late, because I wanted them to help me pick out ingredients for dinner those nights. My first shift back, he was waiting outside in the same area, but my brother was with me, and we went out to the front way so I could see him waiting there, but didn't have to walk past him. After this, I decided I could keep getting escorts home, and told my work I needed to leave at different times, in case he followed me. They wanted to tell authorities, but I refused, because it was a relatively small thing, and I was working illegally there, and didn't want them to get in trouble. I told my parents, and they told a few people in the neighborhood to be wary. I started getting the bus home from school because I was worried that he had my Facebook, and now knew where I went to school. The next time I saw him, he came into the store again to collect parcels. I told my manager next to me, and she served him, while also telling him they would call someone if he continued to harass me. 
I was scared about all the information he now had for my Facebook. Because I was a young kid, my privacy settings were shit, and held my county, my school, hundreds of pictures with my friends in my neighborhood, and at school with all of them tagged. Luckily, nothing more happened after that. I saw him once more on the bus with my mother a year later, and again while I was in college at a shopping center. I quit my job a little while after all this work, and somewhere legally when I turned 16 to earn more money. And I live in a different city now. He doesn't scare me anymore, but I definitely am more private about my life on social media. Everything is private, and I don't provide my real information for certain sites anyways. This was just a little story about my experience having a, excuse the pun, minor stalker. Obviously, I still blame myself for being dumb and having all my private information out there, but I still thought it would be an interesting post. Dear middle-aged stalker man, let's not meet again. To start things off, this instance occurred in a small town community, where it's not really crime-ridden or exactly dangerous. Around this time last year, I was working full-time at a little Japanese retail shop at the mall near my house. My schedule fluctuated, but the majority of my shifts were closing shifts. I prefer this because it gave me enough time to sleep in, make myself a lunch, catch the bus, get to the mall a bit earlier to buy snacks and a drink, before I begin my dreaded 8.5 hour shift. On one particular day, as I was getting ready to walk to the bus stop, I saw a big commotion going on right across my house, at the town hall. I crossed the street right in the time before several other police cars and an ambulance rushed by, sirens railing so loud, I'm sure the entire neighborhood heard. I was wondering what was going on, but quickly disregarded it. As I got on the first bus nearby my house, I got off an intersection where I'm supposed to take my second bus. That leads me straight to the terminal across the mall. While I was waiting at the shelter, I see a guy, around my age in his 20s, staring right at me. His eyes so black and empty. Mind you, there was no one else around, besides the two of us. I remember thinking to myself that it seemed odd he was wearing a sweater, with a heavy looking backpack and construction boots, both of which looked oversized for his tall, slim figure when it was blazing hot outside. Not even for a split second did he once tear his gaze away from me. Then it quickly hit me that I recognized him as a regular customer that frequently comes in to buy earphones at the store I worked at. Now, I usually try to keep to myself, but for some reason... I've been told I draw all kinds of people to me with my friendly and positive aura. I felt the need to pretend I was on my phone to avoid any sort of conversation. He then proceeds to take a seat besides me, still gazing at me and he musters a hi. Before going on that, he recognized me from work. And if I was going there right now, etc. When the bus finally arrives, we both got on and he took the seat next to me. We had a small talk about random stuff in our hobbies. He went on to tell me about his broken relationship with his parents, where he ended up getting kicked out. I assumed he was homeless at first, 
but he kind of confirmed it, subtle, when he told me he'd been couch surfing between friends' houses. We finally reached the bus terminal that's across the mall. He ended up walking me to my work. I didn't ask him to, before going off my own way. Before departing, he asked me for my number, which I stupidly gave to him and told him, if you ever want to just chill or smoke with me, to text me. After conversing with him, I shrugged off any preconceived judgment I had of him earlier, of being creepy, for just a guy that's socially awkward, and perma-fried. He ended up texting me later on that night asking to hang out, but I cut the conversation short, telling him that I was tired and also had work the next day. I never heard from him again. Now, here's where things get interesting. After a few days, and then weeks, news reports were coming out that there was a violent sexual assault that occurred right where the trails were across from my house, near the town hall. The victim was a teenage girl who was going for a walk. When she was struck with an unknown object by the suspect, he had happened to be armed with a gun and proceeded to sexually assault her before leaving the crime. It took about a week for the police to find the suspect. The investigation was ongoing. It shook up the entire community. Nothing like this has happened before. It's fairly peaceful and close-knit. It's scary because it happened right in broad daylight. So when police released images of the suspect with his name, following his arrest, I damn near had a heart attack. It was him. The same guy who I'd met at the bus stop, who walked me to my work, who asked me for my number, who was texting me throughout the day after committing the crime. He had the same dark black empty eyes, long hair and wearing the exact sweater, backpack and shoes. I started looking at past news reports to compare the dates and times when he texted me, and they all matched. Needless to say, my intuition about people are on and off, and that I should learn to trust more. I felt a bit of guilt hoping I could have done something earlier, but there was no way of me to know until after. So, creepy guy at the bus stop, let's not meet. As I was talking with my sister while I was bored because of quarantine, I remembered an encounter I wish I could have avoided. So here it goes. I live in the same apartment complex since I was maybe 5 years old. I'm now 23 years old. Now, as you could have guessed, I encountered and talked with a lot of my neighbors. They literally saw me growing up. Honestly, most of the time I enjoyed talking to them, petting their dogs, and they would talk about their days, things like that. There are a lot of old people living here. While the population living here is mostly old people and families, there was one guy, maybe in his 50s, that always gave me the creeps. He dressed relatively always the same way. The same brown cap, brown glasses, cigar in mouth, a backpack that didn't seem to reap all the misery in the world. There was always something eerie about him. I don't know, I always felt uneasy around the dude. But the thing is, he had some weird ways of interacting with people. For example, if we met, he would literally make eye contact and won't let go. He won't say anything, and he won't move out with his day until I would say hello. 
Then he would reply and just move on. Weird. But I told myself that it could be some type of obsessive behavior disorder or something of the sort. I remember that my cousin, when we would have sleepovers, wouldn't be able to sleep until we all told her goodnight, and each and every one of us should say it in a specific order. If we didn't achieve it correctly, she wouldn't go, and would keep us to repeat it again and again, the time it took us some time. Anyways, I digress. This took place when I was still young, maybe 12 or 13. I was walking and I saw him. I did our ritual by saying hello first, so that he won't gape here while waiting for me to greet him. So I did, and here is how it went. Me. Hello. And then him. Hello. Awkward silence. I then continued to head towards the entrance to my stairwell, but I feel like he is still looking at me. I turned around, and at that point, he stopped walking and was staring at me. Is there something wrong? No. I'd just like to see you walk. I was stunned. I flew the scene as fast as I could while trying not to be suspicious. I remember this time vividly, and I always told this story fervously because I was reassuring myself by telling myself that nothing bad could have happened to me since this happened in broad daylight. Oh, the lies we tell ourselves. The thing is, I never knew which floor he lived in, and I remember my mom always warning me about him. Do never, never go in the elevator alone with him, or at all for that matter. I was a little surprised to recollect these memories, and just remembering him at all. I always felt like something was off with him, and never felt like trying to dig into it to find out why. As of today, he doesn't live here anymore, and honestly, I don't remember him moving out. I just at some point stopped seeing him around, and funny enough, I started noticing him not being around when I was an adult. So, to the creepy 50-something-year-old dude telling my 12-slash-13-year-old self that he liked to watch me walk and evasively staring at me while I was going home, Let's not fucking meet again. Hey friends, I want to thank you so much for watching the video. If you have any suggestions for the next video, I would love to see them in the comment section down below. Also, don't forget to hit that bell icon and hit all notifications to get notified when I drop a new video or when I stream. And if you'd like to get early access to my videos before anyone else, please consider supporting me on Patreon, where you get that and some other fun perks for just $1 a month. And I have my podcast now available, with my past videos that can be found on all major podcast services. Also, I have some merch now available over on Spreadshirt. All links to these, my social medias, will be in the description field down below. Also, I've got a Snapchat. I got a Snapchat. Now I'm a cool kid and I got a Snapchat. Look up Jensen YT. <laughs> okay. Bye. Also, keep it spooky. <laughs> Shit.